From Valley Public Radio, you're listening to COVID-19 This Week, San Joaquin Valley. I'm your host, Kathleen Schock, with health reporter Carrie Klein. It's May 7th, 2021. Many of us think of hospitals as part of the safety net of our communities, but there's no guarantee they'll always be there. A new report estimates that California's hospitals have suffered billions in losses in the last year and could lose billions more before 2021 is through. Carrie's here to share more on the pandemic's financial impact on hospitals. Carrie, welcome back. Thanks, Kathleen. First, as usual, let's begin with a status report across the valley. Right. So once again, the numbers are looking really good. So fewer than 150 or so new cases are being reported every day in our seven county area, and around 30 deaths are being reported every week. That death rate is still a little elevated, but we haven't seen case rates this low since before the very first surge last summer. Hospitals are looking good, too. They continue to empty out of COVID patients um, out of their general medical beds and ICUs. And according to the state reopening blueprint, the valley continues to reopen, but slowly. Most counties in our area are in the orange tier under moderate risk levels, with only two counties, Merced and Madera, still in red. The level with the fewest restrictions is yellow. Uh, And then, of course, Governor Newsom teased that he plans for the state to lift all restrictions in mid-June, assuming we don't face another surge. Just over a million people in our area have gotten at least one vaccine dose, and that's a little over a third of our population. What other vaccine news has come our way this week? Well, one big piece of news is that kids are going to be eligible soon. So the FDA is anticipated to approve the Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15 year olds starting next week. But there is also some potential new urgency in the call for people to get vaccinated. The CDC just came out with a new report that models the pandemic for the next few months in the U.S., and it predicts a surge in early summer. Now, if vaccination rates ramp up and people continue to practice these basic safety precautions like social distancing and mask wearing, the surge could just be a bump. Or it could be more dramatic if people let down their guard and the virus continues to spread. Now, this is just a model, and so do with it what you will. But health officials in Fresno County, at least, are very concerned about a potential surge. And they're also very concerned about COVID variants, which are being detected locally in higher and higher numbers. And variants that are more severe and more contagious are partly what's being blamed for really tragic surges in India and other countries around the globe right now. So as I mentioned earlier, a report released last week detailed some really extreme financial losses among the state's hospitals. What are some of these specifics of that report? Right. So this was commissioned for an outside consulting company by the California Hospital Association, and it was based on survey data from hospitals around the state. And the key points are that hospital finances are looking really bad. Even after billions in aid from the federal government, California's hospitals still suffered losses in the last year, upwards of $8 billion. Now, that's not across the board. Some hospitals fared better than others, but the report estimates that nearly three quarters of hospitals either lost money in the last year or struggled to break even. And of course, the pandemic isn't over yet, and the forecast for 2021 is also dim. Here's California Hospital Association President Carmela Coyle in a media call about the report last week. In 2019, 51% of California's hospitals, basically half of all California's hospitals, had barely sufficient margins. In 2020, that rose to 71% of California's hospitals with barely sufficient margins. And in 2021, they are estimating 55 to 60% of California's hospitals, now the majority, have barely 
self-sufficient operating margins. Why is it so hard for hospitals to make money this year? I mean, at times, weren't they seeing record high numbers of patients? Yeah, I had those questions too. And, uh, you know, it turns out the answer has many parts. Um, of course, it's complicated. You know, to learn more, I spoke with Gary Herbst, the CEO of Cahuilla Delta Medical Center in Visalia. The bottom line for his hospital, he says, is that even after federal relief funding, the hospital ended up with operating losses last year of around $23 million. And in a typical year, they usually end with a profit around $15 million. So you can do the math on how big a downswing that was. One big reason was the loss of non-emergency procedures. For Cahuilla Health in particular, he says, you know, elective surgeries are really what sustains the hospital. And as we all likely remember, elective surgeries were canceled for many months. And even after they were brought back, patients have been reluctant to go back to hospitals. But there's also the cost of treating COVID patients. Herb said that in a 13-month period, the hospital discharged 2,500 COVID patients, which together incurred a loss of $12 million just right there. Those patients primarily are suffering an acute respiratory distress you know, condition. And, and that's not uncommon to have acute respiratory distress, particularly in elderly people during the winter season, pneumonia, other respiratory issues. They normally stay in the hospital about five and a half days, but COVID patients stay 10, 12, 15 days on average. Some stay months. Um, some stay months on you know, ventilators. And he says an outsized number of patients in Tulare County are on public insurance, Medi-Cal and Medicare, which only pays a flat rate for each patient based on their condition. And so the hospital wasn't reimbursed at the rate that hospitals with more patients on commercial insurance would be. Well, and then I, I would imagine there are also other factors like the need to increase staffing and to make building upgrades. That's right. And in particular, traveling nurses were in huge demand, and they signed contracts anywhere from two to five times the hourly rate of staff nurses. Lots of employees were out in isolation at any given time, which meant remaining employees were working overtime and required more pay. Herb says many of his employees also received bonuses for working overtime. Plus, he told me that Cahuilla Health upgraded the HVAC system in dozens of rooms and installed windows and exam room doors so that patients could communicate with doctors through them. There was the need for PPE, for COVID tests. All of this added up. So what do these losses mean for hospitals? What have they needed to cut or change to make up for them? Well, for Cahuilla Health, Herbst says not that much has changed yet. They did have to lay off a few dozen employees. But he says the hospital also had around $340 million in the bank, or about a half a year's worth of operating expenses. And so we've been funding all these losses by essentially spending our cash reserves. Um, but you can only spend them so far, and then you run the risk of defaulting on your debt uh, because the bondholders expect you to have a certain amount of cash always on hand. So a lot of hospitals have dipped below that, um, but we haven't. But on the other hand, other hospitals, you know, have had to lay off swaths of employees or furloughed them or they've reduced their benefits. And administrators at other hospitals fear they won't be able to stay open at all in the long term. What are advocates saying needs to be done to improve the financial outlook for hospitals? 
Well, this is where Carmela Coyle of the California Hospital Association has a lot to say. You know, first off, she says they're hoping for additional stimulus funding from the federal government. Second, she says a bill making its way through the state legislature that would require bonuses for healthcare workers is well-intentioned but untenable and far too expensive. Plus, her organization is advocating for relief from a state law that requires hospitals to make seismic upgrades by 2030, which would cost upwards of $100 billion statewide. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for this reporting. Yeah, you're welcome, Kathleen. You've been listening to COVID-19 This Week with reporter Carrie Klein. I'm your host, Kathleen Schock. Thanks to our news director, Alice Daniel, and engineer, Don Weaver. We'll be back next week. And be sure to check out our other weekly podcast, Valley Edition. All this and more at kvpr.org.